Boy, every little movement. Hmm? Hi, everybody. It's good to see you all here tonight. Thank you again for coming out on not such a pretty night, but um, we all made it, didn't we? Okay. And while we're talking about that, I'm heading up to New York. I, I have a son, Sean, who lives in Manhattan, and um, we're going to a show on Saturday night, and I'm going up tomorrow morning on the bus, 6 o'clock in the morning. So remember that, please, and keep that in prayer. So it, it said something online about, well, with the high winds, you know, a bus, any high vehicles will be tossed around, and I'm hoping not to be tossed around too much. So appreciate that. Okay, so tonight, as Father Dale said, we're talking about um, God's love. Now, the handout that you have, um, as Father Dale said, that will be like for your own reference throughout the week. I will be sharing some things from that, and when I do, I'll let you know. So you can highlight it or make any notes that you'd like to make. But I'm going to be sharing, first off, I'm going to begin with scripture, just to give you quite a few scriptures on God's love for us, because it's important that we know them, and it's important that we know what God has promised to give us and has promised us through his word. So I'd like you to copy these down so that you can use them in your prayer time, check them out in your Bible, highlight them in your Bible, things like that, and then we'll be moving on to some other um, some other things about God's love that I'd like to share with you. And in most of these teachings, um, our, as by a new Pentecost, this time around, we're going to be always be focusing sometime during the teaching on healing. I think you probably saw that in the, um, you probably saw it in, in the bulletin and so forth. So then I'm going to be sharing. And praying about this, what I thought, I thought about the way I've experienced God's love because this is really talking about experiential love, not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. Sometimes that's the, the biggest distance, that's six inches between, between the head and the heart. So the second part I'm going to be sharing about how I experienced God's love experientially, um, and it would be through healing. Amen. All right. Okay, so here's some of the scriptures that we're going to be talking about, referring to. The first is from Jeremiah, and that's in, this is in 31.3. And it says, The Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And, you know, what I find helpful when, you know, you, you really are trying to fathom that love that the Lord has or maybe you're thinking it's hard to take that personally. Put your own name in that. In other words, like I would say, the Lord says, Pat, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Try that yourself. Make it personal because it is personal. It's the Lord's personal word. These scriptures are, if you will, his love letters. To each and every one of you. Okay, in Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, I pray that you'll be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is, and to experience this love 
for yourself. That's again Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. And then, of course, many of us know this or remember this from school. God is love. 1 John 4, 16. Also in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And in, um, in the Old Testament, Jehovah Roe is another name for God, another name for the Lord. And it means I am the God who shepherds you. So that means he's always there with us. He is not only with us, but he shepherds us. And shepherds us means he takes care of us. He protects us from harm. If you can image the, the shepherd at the, at the gate where the sheep are, when the wolves, when enemies would come to get the sheep, the shepherd would be there day and night to, 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 with his staff to chase them away, to chase away all harm from his sheep. That's what the Lord does for us. He's always with us. He's never asleep. He's always aware and awake, and he always protects us from any harm that may come their, our way. So I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. In Matthew 10.30, God even knows how many hairs are on our head. And that's, that scripture is just telling us that he knows us intimately. He just doesn't know us from afar. He just doesn't know us as an acquaintance. You know, we meet many people throughout the course of the day or in our life. Some we grow close to. Some become near and dear friends. Some remain an acquaintance, somebody that we'd like, but we don't know too well. We may not know who they really are. But God is telling us, he knows us so intimately, so close, that he can count every hair on our head. I think that's a beautiful analogy, isn't it? And in Psalm 145, 17, the Lord is loving toward all he has made. So he's loving to each and every one of us. Not just those who pray every day. Not just those who live a pure relatively sinless life. He loves all of us, all of us when we are obedient to his word and close to him, and all of us when we're not and when we put up walls so that we're not so close to him. He's always there, and he's always loving us. Okay. And what I'd like to do now, I, I hope that... Um, most of you wrote those scriptures down because they're really neat to use when you're establishing a prayer time, when you feel far from the Lord, when you think, oh, well, he might love this person or that person, but I don't know about me. And we all feel that at times. And it's good to have the word of God to go back to and remind us of the truth. Now, there's a deep need in each one of us to be loved. Love is a basic human need for you and for me. Our greatest need in this world is not money. Our greatest need is not success. Our greatest need is not fame. Your greatest need is not to get another job. Your greatest need is to be loved. Not sentimental love, 
not sexual love, but God's love. God's love that we just heard about in the scriptures, that love that is everlasting, that love that is unconditional, that love that is always with us. And because we so desperately want to be loved, we're willing to do desperate things to receive love. Now, what we call sometimes these desperate things are called love masks. There's masks that we wear. Love masks are things we put on to disguise our real need for love. Also, when we wear these, we do get a little bit of love. For instance, one of the masks is called performance. When I achieve and I perform, there are some people in my life that are going to say, wow, look what she did. She did a good job. Look what's been accomplished here. And when we, when we get a little bit of positive strokes, a little bit of value, we often get a little bit of love with that. People oftentimes get love and affirmation and value from other people. Whether it be our kids, and they do really good at school, and we put a bumper on the back of our car, my kid's an honor student at Haverty Grace High. Is there a Haverty Grace High? All right, good, good. All right. <laughs> okay, I, I think we've all seen that, haven't we? Okay. Or they can be good at sports, and we vicariously live through them. They get the jacket with the big letter. The, uh, I remember my kids, went, Michael and Sean, went to Calvert Hall for high school, and their colors are red and gold. And... No, it sounds like I'm bragging about them. But they were both athletic, and they did get the jacket with the, um, with the letter on it. And that meant, you know, that meant that they were athletes, and that meant that they were on the varsity team, and that meant that, you know, they won a championship. And, you know, it's funny. Um, my one son, Sean, that lives in Manhattan, a lot of his things are still in our home, a lot of his things, a whole trunk of law school books, all of his Star Wars things, as a big Star Wars fan, all the Star Wars things, you know, the Darth Vader, the whole, the Death Star, all, the, all of that. Also, his gold jacket. And the one thing he said when we were cleaning out, or I was cleaning out some of Herb's things um, after he passed, and uh, I wanted to, wanted to give it to the um, people in a homeless shelter down on, down on Broadway in the city, and the one thing Sean said, Mom, what about my gold jacket? You didn't give my gold jacket, did you? And I thought, I didn't give that gold jacket, did I? I said, no, and it, it's still hanging in the closet. So, so you know, th those, things, those things are of value. Another mask we put on, so we talked about performance, and we talked about other people. Now we're, looking about, we're talking about pity, the mask of pity. A lot of us here oftentimes will put ourselves down. And we get a little bit of love and affirmation that way from other people. Another mask is called position. Some of us feel like, if I can just get that next managerial position, if I can just be CEO of this company, if I can walk up the next spot on that ladder, then I'm going to be valued and then I'm going to be loved. That's a mask that we put on. All of us have either experienced reaching a goal such as that or know other people who have reached a goal 
or all we have to do is watch any cable news show in the evening, and we see many people who have high offices and who have reached the pinnacle of what they, where they were trying to get. But are they happy people? Do they feel accomplished? You know, are their families in good order? Is there a lot of love there? Some we can say, well, maybe not so much. Some we say, well, we don't really know. But we do know this, that that's not the answer to true happiness. And we know that those things are not the answer to true love. Because it's only God that can give us that love that we crave. It's only God who can give us that love that is everlasting. It's only God who is so close to us that he can say, I can count, I know you so well, I can count every hair on your head, even if you've had a haircut. So, physical affection is another mask that oftentimes we wear. Lots of times we equate contact, physical contact, with love. If I could just be with that person, then I would be happy. That would be another form of love that is a mask that we wear. Okay, another mask, pleasure. If I could just take that next vacation, if I could just go to Hawaii, I know I would be happy. I know that would take care of it. We look for different experiences of pleasure to feel loved, to feel valued, to feel accepted. Again, all of these things, once we reach them, once we do them, they fall short. We don't feel satisfied. We don't feel, we still feel, but remember that song, Is That All There Is? You know, it, it's, it's a song that talks about life and experiencing different things. And then the chorus always goes back to, is that all there is? And when we wear these masks, oftentimes that's what we experience after the fact. You know, is that all there is? With God, it's never all there is. As Father Dale said earlier, these weeks are about the more. These weeks are about the more love, the more care, the more shepherding, the more understanding, the more intimacy that he brings to us. Possessions is another mask that we wear. If I could just live in that house, if I could live in that neighborhood, I'd make a lot of friends, I'd be happy, and that's what I need. That's what I need in my life. If I could drive that car, mm, that Mercedes looks great. If I could have a Mercedes, look what people would think. They'd think I'm really successful. It would really be fun to drive a Mercedes, and I think I'd really be happy then. I don't want just a sports utility vehicle that all the older people with kids drive. I want the Mercedes. I don't want just a minibus. Those kind of thoughts go through our mind. I have to say, just to break away for a minute, when I just used the Mercedes, our five-year-old grandchild, his name is AJ, his name is Alexander Jacob, and when he was three, he could name all the different Cars, you know, like, like um, oh, a Chevrolet, a Nissan, a Mercedes, a Jaguar, all, all of that. And he said, 
when I, my mom, when I get older, I'm going to have a Mercedes. And his father bought him this little car and sent away the Mercedes for the emblems and so forth and put it on the car so he'd be driving around Manhattan with his little Mercedes. So the other day, of course, he's outgrown that. I said to him, AJ, so what kind of car do you want now? Oh, I still want a Mercedes. That's, that, that's it, my mom. That's, that's what I want. I have a feeling he's going to be the first and only Naunton to have a Mercedes. So that'll be at least, what, 11, 12 years from now. So I'll keep you posted. Okay, problems. This is more a juvenile form, but a lot of kids will have a love mask of problems. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of kids that draw attention to themselves by doing something negative because they don't get the attention, they don't get the love, they don't get the care that, that they're seeking, that their heart is craving through being the good kid by doing the right thing. I'm sure you've all heard of this. So they go the negative way, thinking, then people will pay attention to me, then perhaps people will love me. So these are some of the masks, some of the love masks that we wear when we are craving for that love in our heart that only God, Jesus Christ, can give us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the problem with these masks is that they're temporary. They're all temporary forms of love. Temporary pleasure, temporary value, temporary acceptance, temporary appreciation. The problem also is that when we wear it, it creates that insatiable thirst for more love. When you put on one of these masks, let's be honest, People do respond to a certain extent. And you do feel loved when your kids hit that home run. You get it. And it creates this thirst for more. The problem is that the love always dries up. Love masks will dry up because there is a limit to human love. That's where God's love is so different. God's love says... There is no limit. Ephesians 3, St. Paul says, I pray that you may be able. We've read this before. This is such a neat scripture. Just think about this. To feel and understand. Not just read it. Not just say, oh, yeah, I know that in Ephesians. But to feel it. You know, we feel love. So to be able to feel it and understand it in our heart. Understand it. How long God's love is how wide God's love is, how deep it is, how high it is, his love really is, and to experience this love for yourself. And that's what all this is about. That's what church community is about. That's what all these teachings, that's what Alpha, that's what Mass, that's what it's all about. So that we can all get to that point where we know how high, where we know how deep, where we know how long, God's love is not just for the world, not just for everybody else, but I don't know about me, but for me personally, for you personally. But have we experienced God's love? I know we've all heard about it. I know we've heard about it through the scriptures at Mass. I know we've heard about it through um, teachings, 
that we've had here. I know we've heard about it through the messages that Father Dale provides every week and on uh, weekday masses. I know we've heard about it. But there is a big difference between hearing about it and experiencing it, isn't it? Big difference between hearing about driving a car, seeing people drive a car, but getting behind that wheel and having your license and driving that car and driving off for the first time. A big difference. Have you experienced God's love really? Do you really know that God loves you on your good days and he loves you on your bad days? He loves you so much. Why? Because that's all God can do. You are created in his image and likeness. He has known you since you started to grow and were conceived in your mother's womb. God loves you. God is love. Not those P words that we used for masks. It doesn't say possessions are love. Scripture doesn't say physical affection is love. It says God is love. Now, in your... um handouts that you received. Let's see, on page two, I just want to go over with you letter B, where it says the truth is. Because oftentimes we don't live in the truth with a capital T. Oftentimes we live in our feelings and past experience. So the truth is that God loves us. God loves you. He wants to make contact with you. And have a personal relationship. In your handout, it should be, say, page two at the bottom. Oh, mine's page two. <laughs> okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever page. B, the truth is. Are we all together? We good? Okay. So he wants to make contact, meaning he wants to talk to you. You talk to him, he talks back. That's prayer. He wants to have a personal relationship. In other words, he wants us to experience him, not just know about him. He wants to give us a new life and a better life. For this is the reason he sent his only son, Jesus. He was born. He lived and ministered here on earth. He died on the cross for us, and he rose again. For this reason, we can experience a better life as a result of authentic Christianity the knowledge of the power to live the Christian life. We can experience happiness, peace and joy, better personal relationships. We can experience healing, and we can experience genuine community. There's a lot of good things in this handout. So I would really encourage you to take some time before next week and, and read that or use the scriptures in your, in your um, prayer time. Okay, now this is where we're going to swing over. I'm going to swing over to talk about God's love and how we can experience it. I'm going to do that by sharing my experience with you, my own testimony of God's love. And in doing so, as I was going over this and praying about this, I thought, well, this speaks to so many of the things that is our vision here the Community Church of St. Patrick's. And so I hope I can bring that all together for you guys. So, does God heal today? God is still healing today. 
The Greek word that means I save also means I heal. God is concerned not just about our spiritual salvation, but he's concerned about our whole being. One day, we shall have a new and a perfect body. In this life, we will never reach that perfection. But when God heals someone miraculously today, we get a glimpse of the future when the final redemption of our bodies will take place. You can read more about that in Romans 8.23. So this is how I experienced it. Um, I've, I was always um, a typical Catholic person. I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Herb and I were active in our parish of St. Thomas More. We were in the parish council, finance committee. We did all those, all those things. Um, one Lent, a group of ladies that were called the um, Adult Faith Committee had people come to talk about Jesus. And it was on a Sunday night, and um, I remember that particular time, day, my mother wasn't feeling too well. She didn't live too far from us, and I told her about it. And I said, Mom, why don't you go to this? And she said, I'll go if you go with me. And I said, Herb, do you mind watching the kids? Now, this was in 75, which meant Sean was five and Michael was eight. And um, he said, sure, sure. So we went. And there were a group of people there who had been part of uh, this movement at the time called the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. I had never heard about that, didn't know what it was. These people talked about Jesus. And all I can tell you is, like when I came home, Herb said, well, how was it? I said, it was really different. They talked about Jesus like they really knew him. He said, how could they do that? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to go back and find out. So anyway, I did. And it continued. This went on for a couple of weeks. And um, what I found out about myself was that I knew a lot about Jesus, knew a lot about him, but I had no experience of him. I didn't really have a personal experience of him through all the sacraments that I received, I'm sorry to say. I didn't have an experience of him up until that point. Um, so I continued to go, and um, I realized they kept talking about, you know, inviting Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. I thought I had done that, but yet my life did not bear the fruit that theirs did. I couldn't talk about Jesus like I knew him. I didn't know him. I knew a lot about him. I knew facts and figures, but I had, it was up here. It, was, it wasn't down here. So anyway, I did um, invite Jesus into my heart, and then I would go to these meetings that they called prayer meetings, and they would all pray in the Holy Spirit. They would pray in tongues. And initially, I found that very difficult to accept. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I wasn't, I gave them a hard time. I would say, why don't you just all pray in English so we all understand, you know, why this? And yet, yet they kept doing it, and I kept resisting it. And then one day, what was happening is, after inviting Jesus into my heart, I was falling more and more in love with him. And so I would, in my prayer time, I would try to tell him that. 
you know, I would say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you for my children. You know, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for creation. And, and after a while, I just ran out of words to say. And the only thing I can liken it to is if you bring into your mind somebody, the love of your life, somebody that you love with all your heart, and you want to tell them just how much you love them, but your words do not describe it. Your words fall short of describing what's really in here. Now, that made sense to me because I've known a love like that through my husband, Herb. And um, I thought, that's where tongues comes in. When you've run out of words, and scriptures say it's a perfect prayer. So I tried in my living room when the kids were taking a nap to pray in tongues. Well, I had no teaching or anything on it, and that didn't happen. And I tried for a long time. And um, then I... um, I had, I had a book. One of the priests in the parish then had given me this book called A Glow with the Spirit by Robert Frost. And that next morning, I opened the book, and on that page, it talked about a woman who tried, she tried so hard to yield the tongues that she lost her voice and this whole thing. And I thought, that was me. So I kind of just let it go. And uh, later that day in my prayer time, I was able to yield the tongues. Now, let me share with you how all this comes into healing. So what I found with that gift was that I didn't have to think about what I was saying. I didn't have to prepare a prayer. I didn't have, I didn't have to say a prayer that I memorized. I could pray this prayer, believing in faith that it was God's praying through me, the Holy Spirit praying through me to God, our Heavenly Father, because that's what it says in the Scripture. Now, when you're doing that, Your mind, you know, you're not focused on other things. So as I was doing that, I kept feeling like getting this word like, Pat, you should have a mammogram. And I'm thinking, this is strange. Kept saying it. Well, I had had an appointment just for a regular checkup with my GYN. And um, I kept hearing that. Now, had I been busy with my own prayers and all, I doubt that I would have heard it. But because I was quiet and I wasn't preoccupied with other things and because I was praying you know in that supernatural prayer of the Holy Spirit I believe I was able to hear that okay so I go to the gynecologist and everything's fine and I said to him I want you to write me a script for a mammogram and he said you don't need a mammogram I just examined you not only that you're not old enough at that time you know they weren't um, doing them the way they are now and I said I want you to write me a script and he kept resisting, and I kept pushing. I said, well, if you don't, I'll go to somebody else that will. So he said, okay, I'm writing out this script, but you're going to come back and tell me I was right. I said, we'll see. So anyway, I made the appointment, and it was right across from Calvert Hall. Sean had a game that day. I made the appointment, thought I'd go to the game. I go to have the mammogram. Everybody else keeps leaving. I'm still sitting. And uh, long story short is the uh, doctor came out, And they invited me in, and she was a wonderful doctor and um, followed me for, like, 25 years. Now, this was 31 years ago this happened. Um, And she said, you have two suspicious lesions in your left breast. And I said, by suspicious, do you mean malignant? And she said, yes, you need to see your surgeon. I said, I don't have a surgeon. And she said, I can put you in touch with, you know, somebody good. 
So first off, you know, I felt like the Lord had really spoken to me while I quieted my heart and had sent me to get that mammogram. So I, um, they were malignant. So I was in the hospital, and uh, Herb and I were there together. And they had, um, you know, they, they had removed, they had removed the, uh, the malignant lesions. And we were so worried. What about the lymph nodes? You know, are we going to be chasing cancer through my body the rest of my life? So worried, you know, so afraid. And, um, and I remember then uh, they weren't allowing. Now you can spend the night with your loved one and all. Well, Herb had to leave. And um, I, for the first time, experienced in that room when I again invited the Holy Spirit in and started praying for peace uh, and praying in the Holy Spirit. I experienced the peace that surpassed all understanding, that peace that, you know, that the world doesn't understand and can't take away, that only, only Jesus and the Spirit can give. And um, I remember looking up like in the corner of the room and, and just just realizing that his anointing and his presence was there. So the next day, the doctor was going to come and, and tell, tell us about the lymph nodes and so forth. And we, we were both anxious about that. In the meantime, while we're waiting, Herb and I were part of a prayer group, a prayer community at St. Thomas More. Um, and we had one of our good friends that was in a small group with us. Her name was Jane. Jane has since gone home to be with the Lord. She called, and she said, the Lord has given me a scripture for you. And the scripture is from Exodus 14, and it said this, don't be afraid. First, stand where you are, and you will see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. The enemy you are looking at, you will never see again. I will fight for you, and you won't have to lift a finger. And that's, as I say, Exodus 14. This happened on April 29th, 1987. She wrote it out for me. I brought this for you to see. She wrote it out for me so I would always remember it. I see I have it at a prominent place in my home. I see it many times during the day. Always thank the Lord for it. Always thank you that his word is true. And... The doctor came. Now, that scripture was saying, everything's fine. He fought for me, and I won't have to do anything. Then the doctor walked in and said, you're cancer-free. Nothing in the lymph nodes. Now, as I said, that was 31 years ago. What I see in this whole story is God's love and how we experience God's love through different, different events of our life. We experience God's love through healing. Also, the importance that the Holy Spirit played in this and how I was able to quiet myself so that I could hear that voice to tell me what I needed to do. Also, the importance of community because it was while we sat there at GBMC in that room that Jane from the People of New Hope was our group, got that, was praying for me and got that scripture and called and gave us that 
hope and confidence that we were going to be okay. And then that first year, this scripture meant so much because there's always that, you know, that um, fear coming from the enemy that, oh, well, it might come back. You know, it takes five years. It might come back. I would always go to the scripture when I felt that, when that fear would come upon me. I would go to the scripture and say, but Lord, you said I'm not to be afraid that you've rescued me. And you will continue to fight for me. So through that experience and connected to this teaching, I knew God's love experientially. And now that was 31 years ago. And that enemy I have never seen again, praise the Lord. Um, So I experienced his love. I experienced how important it was that I yield myself to all of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for us. Because if he loves us and he wants to give us a gift, who are we to say, well, I'm not really comfortable with that gift. I don't think I'm going to unwrap that gift and use it. So I've learned that. And we all come to that in our own way and in our own place. And I also realize the importance of community, the importance of really sharing who you are with other Christians, growing together, growing closer together, sharing your good days and your bad days so that you have an army behind you. You have people that have your back in the name of Jesus Christ. And things like this, things like this happen where the Lord's word is brought to you in ways you would have never expected. So that's how I see God's love experientially. I'm sure many of you have stories in different ways and different times that you could share as well. But I would just encourage you over these next weeks to think about where is my relationship with Jesus? Can it be any closer? What can I do to make it grow closer? Should I yield to to the gifts of the Holy Spirit? If not, why not? And really bring it before the Lord and talk to him about it. So I thank you for your attention. Father Dale, I think I went way over, didn't I? Probably. But anyway, anyway, I thank you for your attention. And let's just um, end with a short prayer. So Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you're teaching us how wide, how, how deep it is for each and every one of us. We thank you that you want us to not only know it, but experience it in our lives, in our hearts. We thank you for that, Jesus. I pray for all of us, Lord, that you would do your work within us. Begin it right now, Jesus. And we pray this as we do all things through Christ our Lord. And we all say amen and amen. Okay, we're going to break down small groups, break down into small groups now and just share with one another things that spoke to you.